0: Good evening, Chair Wiley and Sustainability Commissioners. This meeting of December 9th, 2021 is being held pursuant to government code section 54953E and in light of the declared state of emergency and all members are joining this meeting telephonically through Zoom.
1: Thank you. Uh, welcome commissioners, uh, members of the public. Uh, Elena, can you please conduct roll call for us?
0: Yes. Uh, Commissioner Palmer. Here. Commissioner Cooper. Here. Uh, Commissioner Cornelia. Uh, Vice Chair Thompson. Here. And Chair Wiley. Here. And Commissioner Ting is on leave as of now. Uh, There are four of seven members present. There is a quorum. Thank you.
1: Uh, The first item on the agenda is public comment on items not on the agenda. So uh, anyone uh, out there, members of the public would like to comment, um, this would be the time. Elena, can you please intro?
0: Yes, Uh, members of the public may comment on items not on the published agenda at this time. Public comment is limited to three minutes per speaker after which speakers will be muted. Uh, are there any, If there are any members of the public who would like to make a public comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application. Uh, you can find that control under the reactions tab at the bottom of your screen. If you're joining from a phone uh, to raise your hand, press star nine. Elena,
2: Alina, do you see the admit?
3: Yes.
0: Okay. And for those who are just uh, joining us now, uh, we're in the period of time when you may public comment on items not in the agenda, if you wish to do so, please raise your hand. All right, Chair Wiley, I see no hands raised at this time. Okay, thank you.
1: Okay, the next item on the agenda is approval of the meeting minutes from the regular meeting on October 14th of 2021. Do I have a motion and a second to approve? Can I get a motion to approve the minutes?
2: I'll make a motion to approve the minutes.
1: Can I get a 2nd
4: A second.
0: All right, I'll call the roll. Uh, Commissioner Palmer? Aye. Commissioner Cooper? Aye. Uh, Vice Chair Thompson. Aye. And Chair Wiley. Aye. All right. The motion carries. Thank you.
1: Okay. So uh, uh, this uh, meeting, we do not have any external speakers today. So we're going to move right into our housekeeping and committee update items. Uh, I believe that. Uh, Council member Blaustein is is likely not here tonight. I know she uh, was unable to attend the city council. So um, what what I'm gonna suggest we do is skip this because um, council member Member Blaustein is not here. And because we have the city council update on as a business item, we will cover that when we get to that. Sound, Sound okay? I don't need to motion that, do I, Elena? So moving on uh, to the waste subcommittee update, I'm actually going to um, ask Elena to give an update here because Elena has been, if if you recall, much of the waste work right now is is really in the implementation of SB 1383, the grant money that we secured, moving over to the city, and then also, you know, separate project, um, working with Greg. And both, both Greg Christie and Elena are here tonight and have been working together. So I would love to ask you all to take my spot on the Housekeeping Update to, to give us a Waste Committee update.
0: Thank you, Chair Wiley. Um, yes, to just give an overview of what's been happening on this project to the commission um, on uh, November, let's see, what was the date? Fifth, I made a presentation to the legislative committee with a staff report uh, presenting the uh, draft model ordinance um, that has been provided by CalRecycle, the state that the city needs to adopt uh, no later than January 1st. Um, and ask for guidance as to what they would like us to do, because it is a very large um, model ordinance. If you've opened up the file, I think I circulated it to the commission. Um, There's a lot in there. Uh, This is not a one or two page uh, ordinance. So it's going to take some work. And to do that, we're bringing on our three uh, consultants. We're in the process of Uh, And Lisa Coelho is here with us tonight to answer any questions you might have about that. Uh, But we're not fully um, codified. We're in the process of uh, just doing paperwork to bring them on to uh, consult with us on the drafting of the model ordinance and do a gap analysis um, to see where the city is deficient and what work we need to do in order to fully comply with uh, this state law. Um, In... Other news, there was a bill passed, uh, SB 619, uh, which gives some relief uh, to the uh, timeline for implementation of SB 1383. Um, Specifically, we need to prepare a statement of intent to comply. um, And this needs to be passed by resolution of the city council and submitted to CalRecycle no later than March 1st. So in some point in January or February, we'll be bringing this statement of intent to comply, which will include um, a comprehensive list of things in which we will not be meeting the 2021 deadlines and a plan uh, for uh, compliance within uh, calendar year or or the next calendar year, and the city council will have to pass this by resolution so that we can submit that to CalRecycle on March 1st. And if we do that and it's accepted, um, then we will be relieved from civil pen- penalties during the calendar year of 2021. Um, and basically this is just to give, um, you know, the jurisdictions of California, many of which have been busy wor- uh, working on COVID-19 response, um, some, some, some uh, buffer time if they're not fully on board uh with all of the provisions of thirteen eighty three um and I don't know if Lisa you can advise me to say anything more about that um if you're you're a little bit more keyed in um to the Cal recycle than I am oh let me I think can
5: you, you any,
6: both oh, clicking it at the same time sorry <laughs> um yeah so I can explain um Recycles like standard enforcement process under 1383 is if at any time they open a compliance review and find that there's lack of compliance, they'll issue um, a notice of violation under which you have um, between 90 and 100 days to resolve the problem or prepare a long-term compliance plan um, or potentially face Uh, financial penalties up to $10,000 a day, depending on how egregious the violation is. Um, And so what 619 does is basically allow you to skip the part about getting a notice of violation and prepare your compliance plan and submit that as your notice of intent to comply. So it's got to be a list of detailed actions and the timeline by which you intend to comply. Um, And then what that does is that sets you up with Um, like quarterly monitoring from CalRecycle to see if you're actually following your plan, you're on track. Um, And if you are, uh, they can continue to extend the deadline for your compliance plan up to three years. Um, And then if there's like infrastructural challenges um, or like logistics that are keeping you from compliance beyond then, because you're on the notice of intent to comply, you have the opportunity to request additional time you know, subject to CalRecycle's discretion. So um, what we're advising is we go through an analysis of what you're likely to comply with in 2022, what might take longer um, and determining, uh, or like presenting to you what the different options are of um, risk for noncompliance versus You know, that seesaw of risk versus upfront effort, um, and what will make the most sense to include in your notice of intent to comply or to attempt to comply with on the standard track um, and either, you know, risk or mitigate any notices of violation. So there's a couple different cushions and options there, but the goal is really to set you up with the most feasible plan um, and have some contingencies to avoid. Um, any surprises where you wouldn't be able to correct a violation um, within the initial time period.
0: And um, yeah, and and just to also follow up on something that Greg and I had worked on is we thought that we might qualify for a waiver to give us some extra time to comply with some of the provisions of uh, 1383. Um, But because of the way Marin County submits its data to CalRecycle, the waiver is not an option. So uh, we're going to kind of abandon that plan, unfortunately. Um, sorry to tell you that, Greg, uh, and move <laughs> and move forward with this statement of intent to comply. Now, unfortunately, because uh, we need to prepare that statement of intent and do that gap analysis, um, and that statement needs to be comprehensive, um, the ordinance is, you know, we're, we're going to be moving both forward at the same time, but the statement needs to take priority because there's a much more aggressive time limit on that. Um, we can say in our statement that the ordinance isn't, you know, going to be passed and, and uh, finalized as of January 1st. But if we don't submit the statement in time, then, then we won't have that option. Um, so, so that's kind of an update on some of what we're going to be bringing. I circulated the model ordinance around just to fami- so everyone can familiarize yourself with some of the options that are um, provided in there. We're gonna work with R3 uh, over the next month, month and a half, and then bring back an actual prepared draft, uh, finalized uh, ordinance for the sustainability commission to review. Uh, And the legislative committee has asked that um, uh, the sustainability look over the ordinance before it goes to city council. So just something to prepare yourself for. Um, at this time, does anyone have any questions that I can answer about where the process is at?
1: I do. Um, so, R you're working with R three really on this this big lift of figuring out the first step. Then you're gonna bring in the the piece, which is you know the the other grant the the grant money that we secured. From the zero waste, and that'll be more the hands-on implementation stage. Is, am I correct?
0: Yeah. So, um, Envirolution uh, R three is really has a less specialty in working with the model ordinance and bringing that on, and R three or in a, is going to be doing a lot of our on the ground education and outreach to um, uh, to to our tier one. Uh, customers, so businesses that have to have a model, uh, have a food recovery agreement in place that have to separate and provide composting to their customers, um, Mm -hmm. and multifamily, uh, apartment building, um, in, in South So there, there are some, um, groups that have to comply as of January 20, uh, 2021, or 2022, so excuse me, and they're, um, As of January 2024, tier two generators uh, compliance kicks in. So, environmental relations has already started working, uh, reaching out to um, businesses and kind of doing um, their uh, review of of service levels. Um, I think they're working in conjunction. Are they working in conjunction with you, Greg? I haven't had an update recently. I think.
7: Yeah, yeah. They, we've been in contact. We've supplied them with some uh, some some um, literature, uh, some signage, and a list of you know customers, as well as uh, you know they're they're going to give us if uh, people you know requesting additional bins or whatever. So yes, we're working we're working with them. Yes.
0: Yeah. So we we have um envirolutions and I three are kind of working on separate parts of this.
1: And then uh, my, my next comment is not a question. Well, I guess it is a question. The the email that I think all three of us got from the county uh, yesterday with the, the great news that the county has procured recyclist software and will be providing that um, to all jurisdictions. That, uh, Greg, Elena, I can assume comes as welcome news?
0: It does. And uh, I've been talking with the county, so I knew this was coming So um, we were looking into how we were going to comply, how we were gonna perform our reporting, but Recyclist is a uh, software package that is set up to do the reporting required for uh, 1383. And um, the Marin County JPA uh, has decided to purchase it and purchase it uh, on behalf of all the cities. So we will have access to that. We can um, keep track of everything we need to report on through that portal. Greg will have access to it, and um, uh, zero uh, the Marine Zero Waste JPA will still be doing the ultimate reporting up to the state on our behalf, essentially. Um, so that's one piece of the puzzle we don't have to figure out, um, or at this point, pay for, which is great. Um, they're paying for it on our behalf. It's a very expensive software package. So
1: Yeah, I yeah. remember when I reached out to ask about it, it was early in the summer, it was, it was very early stages. So that was, that came as a happy surprise that they decided to move forward. Yeah. Okay, well, that was it for my questions and comments. I'll turn, anyone
0: else? Okay. Um, and I just wanna say, if anyone needs me to do um, a more robust presentation on this topic, i prepared uh, some um, PowerPoint presentations and I can do that, um, but I didn't wanna take up too much of the commission's uh, time this evening, but I have uh, attached all my slides for the legislative committee presentation uh, and my staff report that was submitted uh, to the city council on Tuesday. Um, so all the attachments are in the city council agenda from Tuesday if you want to go and research this topic, but we'll be going over the model ordinance a lot more in depth in January. And February, I assume. So this is just background, and uh, for for the upcoming conversation.
1: Yeah, thank you. And then I think I sent you an email today. I think this, you know, having this on the agenda as a business item for um for January is now the right time, um, because we're ready. We're ready to start thinking about implementation and outreach, uh, implementation imp- implications, etc. So great. Right. All right, if there are no other questions for Elena, Greg or Lisa, we'll move on to the next housekeeping item. Any other questions? Okay, next housekeeping item is public outreach. That's me, I'm gonna keep it short and just say that um, uh, we are gonna be doing some, you know, it's been a slow, other than, you know, getting things in in currents when needed and and it's been pretty slow. We we used to rely on in-person events Um, As of now, I haven't heard any last-minute changes. Um, The Sausalito Women's Club um, event that they do for the holiday called the Green Holiday Fair will have a sustainability theme this year. Uh, I will be there as well. We'll, Greg Thompson will be there. We'll be at a table representing the Sustainability Commission. You all are invited um, to come and just be there and enjoy the fair or come sit with us or whatever, but we will have official representation manning a table in the form of Greg and I. And then we will be next to Greg Christie, the BCRS team. I don't know if Kim's, Kim's coming or not. Um, Greg, with your- with Yes, with,
7: yes,
5: yes,
1: yes. Greg will be bringing some giveaways perhaps. Um, and uh, we right. look forward to just being together and, and talking to the community about anything sustainability. Um, so um, yeah, that's, that's an opportunity to be there together or to to be joining us at the table. I just wanna let you know that that is happening. Uh, and I do have a flyer, uh, Elena, that I'll, I'll send you. Maybe you can distribute to the comm- commission just so you have the details. Um, I think that's all I'm gonna cover on outreach tonight. Any, well,
2: any what was the date? Remind or? me the date again.
1: This Sunday, this, the, the
2: 12th. Oh, okay.
1: I yeah. want to, uh, is that uh, from three to five? Three to five, yeah. Yes, yeah, three to five. Okay. Um, so, uh, next up, uh, David, do you have any comments uh, in your role as equity liaison?
2: I don't, um, though we, you know, I think, depending on how we think about equity, we did have a presentation, which was the Women's Club, and we had a lot of representatives from other um, cities and, and other areas that we're in. This is sort of a report card, and I think the takeaway from that is there is great progress, there's great sort of res- resolution around sort of checking off some of the box of sustainability and the other types of climate initiatives and energy efficiencies and waste. And I think, you know, from a community equity sort of outreach and and, and sort of liaison um, to our broader sort of community at large, um, it was a really terrific event and well attended. And we were able to, to sort of compare notes around how we're all doing here in the in sort of the Marin County area on these topics, how each individual community is, is executing around their plan, and what they're doing in collaboration and cooperation, and how they're reaching into their their sort of residents and and educating and so forth. So, um, I'll take that as a as an equity win um, to hear that we're all sort of working and paddling the same direction.
1: And David, what what was this, and when was this?
2: This was the re, uh, report card. Um, I'd have to look at my notes to see this, but there was a a panel that was put on by, I believe, the Women's Club, and it was the, the report card.
1: Was this the League of Women's Voters yeah. event? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, okay, so when we, Greg and I were both on vacation, and right. that, yeah. oh great, I, did, I didn't realize you were going to that. I'm so glad that we were represented.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'll take that as an equity win, um, because ultimately what it did, show and we did try to communicate is that all of our communities are working in sort of common, um, in unison, uh, around our particular, um, needs, um, Sausalito having one of the larger context needs, which is around potential sea level rise or, or flood or so forth that maybe Fairfax doesn't worry about. Um, but it was a great way with which to, co- um, sort of coordinate around the different, um, efforts that these individual, communities are doing in unison around a larger effort.
1: Right. Oh, great. So glad you, thank you for attending on our behalf.
2: Yeah, it was super. Great. It, it will be the last one. I think there was a, um, the league is no, no longer doing these sort of um, community efforts.
1: Okay. Um, I did have one um, equity comment, but I'm actually gonna hold that for the city council update because it was it was sort of in, as part of the city council um, public comments, I just wanted to raise something. Um, so I'll hold on that. Um, next up, housekeeping Greg with Marin County Liaison. Any, anything there?
4: Yeah, quick update. Um, there is an ongoing collaboration uh, under the Drawdown Marin initiative with sustainability you know, representatives from the different jurisdictions. And so I'm part of that. And that they, we were meeting monthly. And in the last meeting, um, the group determined that its top two priorities are transportation and energy, <laughs> our biggest emissions, <laughs> 90%. Uh, so that's good news because now we will be collaborating going forward on um you know the the priorities and actions that the county and us as you know different different sustainability commissions need to take and so we will be informing it as well as taking input from it uh, and helping uh, to move those two forward as a countywide uh you know type of initiative so that's that's the update i'm also involved in a couple other squads as as you know mark is as well and so um that continues to inform you know the priorities and how we want to move forward with those priorities.
1: Thank you. Um, we'll stick with you Greg and, and Mark with energy subcommittee update.
4: Yeah I can give a head, headline Mark and fill in. Um, essentially what we are concluding is that we're going to track the county electrification ordinance which will you know, be passed in 2022 and go into effect January 1st, 2023 for electrification of new construction. But we are also saying that we want to include or have a reach code, if you will, for including uh, renovations that apply to gas appliances. And you know, the point, of course, is that we don't have a lot of new construction here, and so we want to address the natural gas emissions as our second highest category uh, by helping to incent um, and have have an ordinance around um, replacing gas with electric for those renovations. Mark, you want to add? You might have a lot to add, so.
8: <laughs> uh, sure, uh, I have met a couple of times now with the uh, Marin-Sonoma Building Electrification Squad. It's a number of committed professionals and semi-professionals from both counties that are collaborating on the issue of building electri- electrification. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, one of the reports today, tonight, in tonight's meeting was that the county recently uh, made a presentation on building ele- electrification to the MCCMC, the elected officials of, uh, of the county uh, and, and all the jur- all the local jurisdictions in the county. And uh, they presented some options without really uh, calling it an all electric initiative, which uh, it, it was a little disappointing. I, I think the county is showing some reluctance to tell the, the county staff is showing some reluctance to tell the, the decision makers what they prefer. They, and so the, 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 the people in this, building electrification squad uh, had, uh, presented separately to the board of supervisors, uh, they have a sustainability committee and, and they, they uh, were, were, and, and the, the upshot of that is that they're expecting some support at the board of supervisors level. Although one complication or perhaps uh, one way or another uh, is that the board of supervisors elections are in June and several of the seats are up for a change, uh, so it's a little unknown what that might hold. Uh, uh, one thing that was discussed was the need for low-income exemptions in these uh, ordinances, and that's something we really haven't addressed directly, but uh, could certainly do that. Um, <clears throat> and another uh, point brought up was that the uh, CPUC, the California Public Utilities Commission is now In the process of eliminating contractor subsidies for gas infrastructure appliances so you know heretofore uh contractors have uh, reaped a lot of rebates from the the state for installing gas infrastructure and it looks like those those incentives are be going away Uh, regarding the Sausalito's draft ordinance you know uh, uh, we do have language in place that has been Approved by this commission a couple of times. And in addition, we've had a couple of rounds of review by city staff, including building officials. And uh, in thinking this over, you know, we, we've gone a little bit back and forth between whether we should push forward or wait for the county. Uh, the, you know, a year ago when we started this, I, I had high hopes we'd have something in place by last June or July. But uh, as we all know, Things haven't quite transpired that way, uh, but um, I would like to actually recommend forwarding what we have approved already to the legislative committee for preliminary review, uh, with the expectation that we'll align with the county if they proceed as we hope and expect that they that they might. Um, I, I I don't want to wait till next November when the County has something already kind of cooked in place. I think that we should be proactive in in, uh, putting our ideas out there because I think the County is gonna need some cajoling and especially in terms of um, substantial renovations. So that's that's my recommendation. I don't know how we wanna proceed with that, but I'd like to get this in front of our decision makers as soon as we can, in a reasonable time frame, knowing that it's going to take some time and that we uh, really do need to cooperate with the, the county on outreach efforts, and hopefully, you know, it will all come together. But I, I'd like to like to have the legislative committee see some of our language and and, and uh, know that this is coming down the pike. So,
1: Mark, I- can I suggest that we put this as a business item for January because I'm a little confused on a, a mixed message. If we've said already, we're we, like in the city council presentation, we've said we are going to wait for Marin County's leave, but then we're giving our own separate ordinance language it to me when we say wait on the county we say okay let's wait and see what it is and then do the add-on reach codes and and it comes in that form to a review versus you know are they just going to be reviewing something so i i just maybe it's just confusion and maybe it's just a quick business item to clarify
4: and mark let me jump in because i think what you're saying and i just want to again clarify like lauren is asking we can have input, as a commission, we can have input on the county's development of their ordinance. And that and I think that's what you're saying, right?
8: Well, yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm just um, a little bit more anxious to, to get the process started, but I'm certainly willing to uh, accede to the commission's w- w- wishes on uh, how fast and on what schedule. And I'd be happy to Address this as a business item in our in our next meeting, to, to so we'll have some time to clarify this amongst ourselves and get a game plan that we all want to move forward with.
4: Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, and I I, I feel like it's helpful just having talks to other folks in other commission jurisdictions and in. in uh, it's going to be helpful for us to have input on anything and everything that the county decides to do. And so I think that's a good idea, but we'll, we'll make this a business item in January. Yep. Okay. Um,
1: anything else energy subcommittee. Okay. Transportation. Um,
4: sorry. Uh, one other thing I'll, I'll just mention on energy is. Uh, we are still tracking and and working on the resilience hub, solar storage, as well as chargers for the Bayside MLK School. MCE is leading that, and they just pushed out their update to us to January, but that's still in process. That's still on the table. So we'll hear about that more in January.
5: Thank you.
1: The Transportation Subcommittee, that's Greg, David, and Andrew is, is not here.
4: Um, all right, so I'll jump in with a, uh, another sort of headline on the transportation. You know, we, again, we've got transportation and natural gas, methane gases are two highest priorities for emissions uh, together at over 90%. So that's such a focus force. And on transportation, um, we also have a countywide initiative happening. So we're tracking that. And this is the EV readiness plan that the Marin climate and energy partnership is funding and is developing. And uh, we expect to see a draft of that in January. And the transportation subcommittee will review that and have input. And our expectation is that we, you know, we as the, as Sausalito will, will track that plan when it's final, which will be sometime later next year as well as the transportation subcommittee may have additional direction for the city, depending on what that plan is saying to us. So in other words, it's the county plan plus the commission's recommendations that we expect to, to finalize as the recommended plan for EV charging network and infrastructure for Sausalito. Um, there's other items in the general plan that are approved under transportation. Um, like promoting EVs, um, you know, obviously public transportation, things like e-bikes, and using less, you know, personal vehicles, etc. We have not jumped into those yet because we want to. We've wanted to deliver this public charging network plan first. But um, you know, Dave may have more more to add here.
2: Um, I don't. I, th- I think you know, part of the work was really defining these three different characteristics and making recommendations around them and then sort of tracking the larger effort with, with the, you know, the, the, the Marin County objectives. I mean, certainly this is a coordinated effort and what came or what's come out of it is that these different use cases are relevant and, you know, and how these, these, this infrastructure is deployed um, and how it's paid for continues to be a real issue. And so therefore, how we do it and how they do it. And, you know, again, that first initial project I think is great and it'll sort of inform how we, how we think about it more, I guess, specifically in our community. Yeah.
5: It's, what, it's a
2: challenging, it's a challenging uh, tax because there's not really a one size fits all solution. Um, and as we heard earlier around the electrification and so forth, when we're dealing with multifamily and we're dealing with aging infrastructure, it, it's, it's you know, and as a, a city plan um, and as a larger community effort, um, working with the utility, working with the intermediaries, it's, it's um, challenging. So those continue to be ongoing conversations. And there is terrific leadership, which um, has grant money behind it and other sort of Um, financial assistance. So how we work with those particular organizations is really key.
1: Yeah, and on both the transportation and the the, energy piece and grants and money, I I don't know if you all have seen, because it just came out yesterday, but the White House came out with their their executive order Um, that's, you know, coming out of COP and, and those commitments, they have their executive order catalyzing America's clean energy economy through federal sustainability so the focus is on the 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 federal government and the buildings but they have all the the pieces in there that we are addressing right in our world so you'll see a lot of patterns in the California the California executive order you're seeing similar language but 100% zero emission vehicle acquisitions by 2035 for the federal government right says, says that You know, you'll probably start seeing more of that. You'll just start to see those dominoes falling in some of the barriers that we've had. I mean, that that's that's typically what what one would expect to see with that type of action. So if you haven't seen that already, you can you can Google that as of yesterday.
2: Yeah, that was a big announcement.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, next up, and I do see we have a hand raised, Matthew Hartzell, we will actually call on you at the end of housekeeping. We'll do public comment for all the items together, so we'll definitely look forward to hearing from you then. Um, uh, the uh, next up, uh, housekeeping sea level rise task force. Uh,
4: yeah, um, the task force has completed its um, its charter, <laughs> and um, you, you the They gave a presentation to the commission previously and um, they are now moving forward with um, the next steps which include a survey that's going out. There's a part of this is doing a survey of Sausaledans on sea level rise and how how, how they think about it so that we can also do outreach um, and prepare for it. And then of course going through you know the different sources of funding and planning for this across the bay area which we will be plugging into and that, that's the update i have
1: okay and i guess uh now we have the water not to be confused with the water we don't want coming into the city. <laughs> The water we do want to have in the city uh, david water liaison update anything from you
2: yeah i don't really have anything to update. We've been focused on this transportation initiative and presentation to the city council. Um, I did connect with the Fairfax um, group that's sort of doing a lot with this particular effort, um, but I will say that this is more for the next meeting because uh, we've been focused primarily on the transportation or at least I have with Greg and, and so far, Andrew. Excellent,
5: okay.
1: Okay, thank you. That brings us to the end of housekeeping items. So, Elena, can you please invite public comment?
0: Yes. All right, if there are any members of the public who would like to make a comment at this time, please use the raise hand feature in your Zoom application and you will be unmuted and given three minutes to speak. And so far there is a one, Person with their hand raised, and you are unmuted, Matthew. So please
9: go ahead. Uh, good evening, uh, everybody. Good evening, chairmans. Uh, my name is Matthew Hartzell. I'm the director of planning and research at WTB TAM. We're a sustainable mobility nonprofit organization based in Mill Valley. And I'm here today at the recommendation of Al Grummet, who's the chairman of the climate action plan task force in mill valley and um i i was just listening to the transportation subcommittee update and i heard only a passing reference to e-bikes and no reference apart from that to bicycles or bicycle infrastructure or other sustainable mobility infrastructure And uh, there are ongoing plans in Sausalito to complete the North-South Greenway from the Ferry Building all the way to Gate 6 Road, um, over two miles long corridor. This project is still, there's still a lot of work to be done, but I think that there's a nexus between transportation and climate action and that the Transportation Subcommittee ought to consider um, making uh, as a priority within the nexus of climate change to prioritize the completion of the North-South Greenway in Sausalito. Uh, thank you.
4: Thank you, yeah, um, agree. And we have a um, separate commission here on bicycle and, and pedestrian stuff. And they're the, they're the leaders on that for Sausalito. And we are happy to, to support that, of course.
1: Yeah, and in, in fact, at the last city council meeting on Tuesday, that came up with a council member um, who said, who who's works with that group and, and suggested that maybe now's the time that we dovetail some of our efforts. So yes, we agree.
0: All right, I think we have another public comment here. Uh, Carolyn Ravel,
3: if you would um, unmute yourself and start your camera and... Um- I actually want to speak about the gas powered um, blowers. Would that be the next item for comment or is this the time for comment? It is coming up on the agenda for comment during the uh, business items. Thank you. So I'll I'll hold my comments till
0: then. Thank you. Okay, I see no other raised hands at this time.
1: Okay, thank you. So uh, that's a good segue. The next uh, section are business items. The first one is The on gas powered leaf blowers and first i want to thank all the members of the public who have shown up to raise their voices on this matter Um, i did uh and and just comment too i know that that a lot of you sent in emails um the they're through i don't know some sort of technical they were coming directly to me uh and some of the city council so i did my best to forward everything Um, to the city. I think I got everyone maybe some last minute ones today. Um, If you don't see yours in the agenda, um, please send again and we'll get it in there after the meeting. Um, I read through every single one. I hope I replied to most of you. Just can't thank you enough for really, you know, raising your hands and your voices. Um, I did read your comments. I also did a a significant amount of look at uh, at research just in general but also uh, took a look at the history of this topic in Sausalito because there is a history. So I'm first um, would love to share with you a presentation that I put together to give some context to the discussion that I look forward to having. Uh, So bear with me just a minute while I share my screen. Okay. So some context, Um, this has been around a while. Um, Back in 2013, uh, the Commission, the Sustainability Commission at the time prepared a draft regulation to support the gas, the the ban of gas-powered leaf blowers. But apparently, I guess this was an issue of, you know, some of the council, I mean, I don't think any of us were around in the commission back then. So I, I, I wasn't a fly on the wall to know, but, Apparently there was perhaps half the commission that thought it was a priority at the time, half didn't. It, it didn't move forward. In 2018, uh, the, the council agreed to put the topic on an, a future discussion item, which then was a catalyst to the sustainability commission taking it up again. And they uh, uh, voted that regulating the leaf lowers wasn't a, pr- a priority at the time, I think there was a lot of discussion about it's it's sort of covered within a no, noise ordinance. Noise seemed to be the bigger topic here. Um, the city council discussed it in 2018 and agreed that they should be continued to, to go through noise ordinance regulation. There wasn't a lot of talk in that meeting about the environmental impacts There must've been some, because it did go to the sustainability commission, but again, I wasn't there. Um, What I find different today is that we now have a general plan with specific objectives to reduce emissions in line with statewide goals. We have a low low emission action plan, which specifies the requirement of electric landscape equipment where possible that wasn't around during that conversation in 2018. It's now on the books in the leap in the general plan. So that's a big, a big difference from then and now. Uh, and then you all listening in today and everyone else who, who couldn't make it this evening, uh, you know, raising hands and saying, hey, let's do this again. Let's have this conversation. And that's what we're doing. We're starting tonight. Uh, and, and I should caveat that, you know, we wanna have a great discussion tonight and decide what to move forward. We obviously are not the, a, a lot of the, the letters tonight were, you know, hoping for action and in, in actually doing something this evening. We're not that body, that city council, but what we will be doing is hopefully coming to, you know, having a good discussion and figuring out what we should advise the city council. Um, in 2024 then, so that's where today looking forward We also have some different different things that weren't here in 2018 that are here now, such as California is gonna outlaw the sale of of these things, Um, uh, not the use. However, just today, uh, there was a press release that literally came into my email email box 10 minutes before this meeting. Uh, I have a link to it in the next slide. Uh, but but there is now I think $30 million of funding freed up through the Clean Air Coalition that is basically looking to get the implementation of this well before 2024. So money freeing up through that is really interesting and and a a big piece to add to this conversation. Uh, And then going forward, I could go on and on, but we all know that this is our goal here following California Forty um, percent below 1990 levels by 2030. Um, this is what we're following, so we need to move the needle, uh, and this is a needle um, uh, that we just talked about with with the work that Mark and Greg have been doing as well, and on um, the other natural gas infant, um, uh, ordinances. Uh, okay, so so moving forward, and and this is just a a long-term goal. You know, looking at your letters, looking at the recordings from from the meeting in 2018, I figured we would just, I could give context going through here and then we can open for discussion. Arguments for banning the gas-powered leaf blowers seem to coalesce around um, this this main piece here, the emissions, the pollution, the best-selling gas-powered leaf blower for one hour emits the same amount of air pollution as driving a Camry from Sausley to, to Denver. I think I pulled that off an article in the San Jose Mercury News and several of the, the letters had similar, uh, quoted several similar articles with similar stats. I think it's, it's pretty clear that this is a major polluter, not just noise. Um, and not, you know, in in, in multiple um, different uh, pollutants involved in these things. Um, so that's the obvious big one. Um, we already talked in the timeline about the ban of the blowers, not the use. This press release today from it's ccair.org. Um, you can read all about that, but here. Uh, quote is basically an initial state budget allocation of $30 million will accelerate the turnover of commercial landscaping equipment well in advance of the 2024 implementation. So I think this is all good news. Um, the uh, general plan we talked about in the timeline, we have our target um, and we should be considering everything when when thinking about what we're going to do to reduce, um, not just the, the pieces that we happen to be taking up at the subcommittee at the time but all these ideas that come in from the community um despite previous decisions to leave it contained within the noise ordinance the community continues to request action i think that alone is something we need to pay attention to um, that's not that decision was not satisfactory to the community so it's our responsibility as the commission to open up the discussion again, and that's where we are today. Um, Some blowers produce more than the noise ordinance allowable decibels of sound, according to um, what, what became a very big deep dive a few hours into this on my Saturday morning. It was I learned more than I ever thought I would about these things. Um, But uh, that was interesting to me because apparently the noise ordinance, we could be dealing with the fact that they're actually louder than they're supposed to be. Other communities in Marin have already banned gas powered leaf blowers, restricted them. I think one of our community members um, who sent in a note, um, uh, I didn't realize Mill Valley, I think has had it in effect since 1993, uh, back then for noise. But I thought, well, we certainly have data and a neighboring city and others that it, you know anecdotal or real data on how was the transition? you know how did it affect your landscapers? Um, were there negative effects? I think that's that's useful if we do move forward um, in useful information to get. San Andselmo, by the way, I believe it's September past one. They, they weren't on the list in 2018 there was a list of, of neighboring communities who had done something, they weren't on that list or they just done a little bit. They now are going um, to a ban effective in January. So that's probably the, the most current um, example of, of, a, of a community that's about to transition and where we could really get a um, sort of a, a real time uh, report on how it's going and also probably some, some implementation uh, ideas. Uh, I believe they have a rebate program and other things. Um, One of the comments, uh, I don't know if you're on the the line here, but uh, one comment I thought was really interesting is, residents don't really feel empowered to ask landscapers to stop using gas powered leaf blowers. Um, And that ordinance would give them, make them feel empowered to say, listen, This is an ordinance. Can you please change your equipment? They don't feel that empowerment now. Um, And then this last bullet point is really coming from Tuesday night when we asked the city council to support us bringing a climate emergency resolution in 2022. This is something we talked about at city council or in the commission Um, several months ago. We agreed that the next step would be to ask uh test the waters in our presentation to city council would you allow us to do this and bring it to you in a consent calendar item and i'm pleased to say that they said yes we're supportive of us doing that so so that will be an action that we take so if that happens and they it moves through they they go for it we will have a climate emergency resolution passed and that provides leverage for communication of required changes such as this. So there are a lot of arguments for, I think most of what I ran over wasn't even really an argument in 2018 because it's backed up by by, uh, uh, new regulations, et cetera. On the arguments against, um, the main issues that were brought up at the time, there was a concern about fire danger. Um, if a ban on gas powered blowers would increase cost to residents and cause them to cancel maintenance. This was sort of the biggest thing that I found in the research that the the change could result in higher costs for landscapers if landscapers are doing this work. And uh, especially it was cited, you know, with, with some of our fixed income senior members of the community, who are um, using landscapers to clear gutters and, and clear yards. If they cancel that, would we have leaves piling up? Would we have fire danger? That was a big, big point. Uh, Council Member Ray Withy uh, was speaking um, mostly on this topic back then, and that was something he raised. Um, again, in that same conversation, um, the, the implication, imp- implications for the city Uh, And if that ban would apply to them or not, because the gas powered leaf blowers, there is an assumption that they were more efficient, quicker, and the city might potentially have to add an entire full time employee to keep up with the maintenance of the parks that would be required. That was a concern. Um, Enforcing a ban, a ban could be problematic. This is an interesting one because currently the noise ordinance, you call a police hotline, they respond. Would they have capacity to respond to that how you know, would you be if you weren't complaining about the noise if, if and you're complaining about gas if the noise wasn't high and are they going to be going out on site to to find oh no, that was an electric one. You know, how it's, It's just a problematic topic that was brought up. Um, City staff uh, is an issue. Um, This is something that potentially could be in a a go away if what we asked at city council meeting the other night comes to fruition, which is actually having a a staff, uh, a sustainability staff able to create processes and help figure out solutions to this. But right now, City staff is not currently available to prioritize finding grants or other options to set up that transition, like the rebate program. Um, so, so if we did move forward, who's going to design that? Was the question. Who's going to implement that? And also, similarly, to structure, yes, to to structure that plan and and um, reference materials. And and while you can lean on other cities for that. Um, know lack of dedicated city staff on the topic is a tough one that's what i came up with um fellow commissioners i invite you to comment weigh in add bullet points
5: and and your thoughts before we move to the public comment
8: uh lauren i'd like to comment um i want to again thank all the members of the public who took the time and energy to write their thoughts down and, and communicate with us on this uh, issue and I also wanted to uh, compliment Lauren for her excellent research and putting together the history and the timeline and, and the arguments for and against I think it's very helpful for our discussion um, you know I haven't seen any uh, in, in all the comments, uh, which I also read all of them, uh, didn't see any detractors at all from moving a- ahead. And I don't think there would be any uh, objections on this commission as well. And I would really like to see us make a rec- recommendation to uh, city council to to take this forward. Uh, especially wanted to shout out to uh, one of the commenters, Sonia Hansen, who uh, included that list of the ordinances from uh, Mill Valley, Belvedere, Larkspur and Tiburon, I think that's very helpful for us to see what our closest neighbors are up to. And, uh, and when I looked up Mill Valley's um, uh, uh, ordinance, it's basically uh, one sentence that says, uh, it shall be unlawful for any person to operate a gas powered device to blow leaves, dirt, or other debris off sidewalks, driveways, lawns, or other services, within any area of the city, period. Uh, January 4th, 1993, Uh, let's let's move forward with this, please.
1: Thank you, Mark. Any other commissioners have comments?
4: I'll just say one word, agree.
1: (laughs) Any other uh, comments from commissioners?
4: I'll add
2: that most of this sort of, negative comment was back in 2018 um electric um landscaping um sort of implements have really come a long way and we see electrification in so many things from bicycles to to all sorts of appliances and so forth that we use regularly and some of the arguments here were were you know appropriate for that time but certainly at this this time 2021-2022 um these devices are so efficient and so sort of pervasive that I think it's really a reasonable sort of um, um, proposition to to sort of promote this particular type of, of transition. And um, it's it's um, I think very, very important to to make make this recommendation.
1: Thank you, David. I think we've heard from all of our commissioners, so, um, I'm going to stop sharing my screen, and Elena, can you please invite the public for comment?
0: Yes. If any members of the public would like to make a comment at this time, please use the Zoom application to raise your hand. If you're calling in from a phone, use star nine. Well, it looks like we have three raised hands right now. We're going to start with Carolyn Ravel if you would please unmute and start your camera.
3: You have three minutes. Okay, um, am I unmuted? Can you hear me? Yes, yes. hi, Carolyn. Hi, hi, Lauren. Um, I'm Carolyn Novell, president of South Beautiful. Uh, thank you so much for your excellent presentation about the sustainability commission at Tuesday's city council meeting, Lauren and, and Greg, and for including the issue of gas powered leaf blowers on the agenda for your meeting tonight. There are many reasons to be concerned about these devices, noise pollution, air pollution with its attendant public health consequences, negative contribution to climate change and more. A question before the commission is how to create and pass an effective fair enforceable ordinance that will allow a transition from gas to battery powered electric uh, battery powered devices. Uh, In addition to the examples from local jurisdictions, that I gather Sonia gave you, I urge you to look at the experience of Evanston, Illinois, where my sister-in-law, Eleanor Revell, is on the city council. At the meeting on November, November 8th this year, their council approved a leaf blower ordinance, which has started the clock running for the eventual phasing out of gas powered leaf blowers. After extensive feedback from community members, including landscape businesses, The new ordinance amends the time and days when leaf blowers may be used, sets a fine structure, establishes penalties, and calls for a transition from the use of gas-powered leaf blowers to electric blowers, effective April 1st, 2023. I believe the key to acceptance of a new ordinance in Sausalito will depend on similar community outreach. I recall you conducted such an outreach to local businesses when you developed the single-use plastic ban ordinance. Among concerns to be resolved will be enforcement, including consideration of how much and who pays the penalties for non-compliance, the penalties apply to the employer rather than to the poorly paid maintenance worker. In Evanston members of the city environmental board brought the proposed changes to the council last year in line with their climate action plan. A follow on leaf blower working group identified the need to budget for enforcement personnel and recommended sustainable landscaping education and communication with residents, landscape contractors, and local businesses that sell leaf blowers. As you're the commission charged with implementing Sausalito's climate action plan, I am confident you will continue to explore this important issue and come up with an excellent a recommended ordinance. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Carolyn.
0: All right. Next, we have David Sudo. If you would unmute your um, self and start your camera.
5: Good evening, uh, Sustainability Commission. Um, thanks for putting this on on tonight. Uh, I, I think I did a bunch of research when this came between before city council uh, previously. And uh, like Lauren mentioned, I think many or all gas blowers probably violate our noise ordinance. We have one of the most robust noise ordinances, I think in the County, but unfortunately I think pretty much anything that's not a binary choice. Um, anything that requires a measurement is pretty much unenforceable and that's why we uh, nobody's using the ordinance right now to enforce gas blower restrictions other than whether it's you know within a permissible time period so I think any ordinance needs to have kind of a binary um, effect either it's allowed or not allowed and there's no wiggle room Um, and it just makes it easier for everybody with clear and concise rules that are easily interpreted and don't require a lot of staff time to to uh, manage um, most of the you know there's there are some electric uh blowers that wouldn't make our noise ordinance right now but i think the overall benefits of moving us to an electric uh, blower or you know ordinance banning gas power for the pollution and noise issues would would be beneficial um, in general so i and I, and I I, guess we also need to think about the uh, equity issues with that changeover and trying to help identify funding for changeover. Thank you.
1: Thank you, David.
0: All right, next we have Clint Wilder. If you could unmute and start your camera.
10: Okay, uh, good evening, everyone. And um, I wanna thank the commission for uh, taking this up and uh, thank Chair Wiley for that really good uh, timeline to kind of put this in perspective. Um, I started looking at this uh, several months ago and researching and I was kind of shocked to see that we were the only community in all of Southern Marin that allows gas powered blowers. Um, And, uh, you know, seeing that it's, it, this is an item in the city's or the commission's own low emissions action plan. One of the nine categories, along with buying clean energy, installing solar, uh, in, increasing energy efficiency, uh, LEDs and street lights and regulating landscape equipment uh, that, that it be all electric. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's great to hear that, you know, we're, I feel a strong consensus is building here um, and it, it's, you know, so we have the local uh, communities around us that, that have, have banned them. Um, and as you, you probably know, this is happening throughout California. Uh, and mo- most recently, Washington, D.C. is uh, ha- ha- going to have a ban going into effect on January 1st. So, it, you know, it's not just smaller communities, but and I know Evanston, Illinois is not that small. But to have a major U.S. city and the capital of our country do it is uh, is quite telling. Um, and uh, I, I I would agree with uh, Commissioner Palmer that you know keeping it simple. Um, and at Mill Valley, it, it's not in the ordinance, but in one of their recent um, uh, issues of their uh, city newsletter, they said we want to remind everyone that this is a $500 fine uh, penalty. So um, th- even though it's not wasn't in the 1993 language that's that's what they have. Um, and uh, you know yes in- enforcement um, uh, I believe it you know what what mr. Sudo just said if, it, if you're trying to measure decibel levels it can, can be tricky whereas it's quite easy to identify a gas power blower, Uh, Versus an electric blower, they don't look exactly the same, and they certainly don't don't sound the same. Um, So, uh, uh, thank you for your consideration, and uh, um, I'd like to support this in any way I can.
1: Thank you, Clint.
0: Okay. Next, we have Sonia Hansen. If you would unmute
11: and start your Video. Good evening. Uh, I actually have a video up there, which is wording for or request to please move forward with this. Um, I worked with this worked on this issue with Clint and some of the uh, credit that I was just very kindly given by Mr. Palmer. Actually, it was Clint's work. He he did pull together all the local ordinances. I think this is something that needs to happen now. I don't think we can wait till 2023, 2024. It needs to happen now. We we are so far behind the curve in the climate crisis. And we may be so far behind that we can never make it up, but we certainly need to make every attempt to catch up. So I have talked with three of the council members that have all said they will vote for a total ban with Enforcement—they're ready to do that as soon as you put forward a recommendation to them. I urge you to do that. There are—we know that electric blowers are much more much more efficient than they were. And frankly, yes, there's an initial an initial outlay of cost, but at five dollars a gallon for gas, and for, so the five dollars a gallon is it equivalent. I just talked with a friend of mine who I hope was going to be here tonight, was a landscape gardener. He uses only electric equipment. And he said with the gas prices the way it is, the $5 a gallon is the equivalent of a 40 cents of electricity to charge his equipment. These electric powered machines are going to pay for themselves within a year. it's, It's insane that we continue to support the idea that we have to have the gas blowers. We don't have to have the gas blowers. There is an alternative and it's a very efficient and effective one and an economical one. I did talk today with Tony Boyd, who is the director or the superintendent of operations for public works in Mill Valley. And I asked him um, about how this works in Mill Valley and he's been there six years. So he said he can't go back to the 1993 original ban, but that in Mill Valley, all city contractors and all city staff are required to use electric. There is no gas allowed. As That's true. There's no gas allowed anywhere in town. They don't have as much control over, of course, the local landscapers. And he said that the big issue with the local landscapers are the ones that literally come out at the end of their work and for 10 minutes take their gas blower and blow seconds. leaves off the street. That... He said the the 10 minutes, that makes it difficult to regulate it. But other than that, he said in Mill Valley, they're doing extremely well with this. So I just, I guess I'm just asking you, please just, just come out with a ban, just send it on to the council and let's move forward with this. They're, they're really, I can't see any reason to hold up on it. Thank you very much.
0: And time. Yes um all right next we have uh greg christie if you would please unmute
7: i did Tom. thanks yeah i just figured i'd jump in here at this point um i i've I've been around the sustainability commission for quite a while and this is good this goes back even into the 90s for sausalito but um the big the big problem was it morphed at some point into a blower band and that was probably around 2012. It went from just a leaf, a gas-powered leaf blower to a blower band, and that's where they kind of died. Um, it came to with the commission a couple of times, and I don't know when that happened, but we do the maintenance for the downtown area, and we started with, and this is in the 90s, we started with a couple of gas blowers and nothing but complaints. Um, and the commission was involved with us, you know, back then it was the Waste Management Committee, and they were kind of actively involved with us doing that. And we switched to, to electric charge-up blowers in the late 90s and have been doing it ever since. Um, even, you know, some of the first ones that came out, we would stage batteries along the way, but now... We buy a blower. We buy buy it once a year. The battery lasts six to eight months. Um, and we buy ones powerful enough to do it. And they think they, they do the job. We've had no problem with it. We've continued to do so, and it makes everybody happy. So I don't have any problem with with a you know, as from my experience in a commercial application using a a a, a, a rechargeable uh, blower. So I just wanted to let you guys know that.
1: Thank you, Greg.
0: All right, next, next we have Lorette Rogers.
12: Hi, I wanna thank you so much for considering this important ban. And I'm representing myself, but my husband too, Mike Rogers, and we've been property owners in Sausalito for 30 years, but we live in Terra Linda. I'm also representing uh, Flora Majora Rogers, who's lived in Sausalito for 90 years. Um, I'm a fourth generation Marinite, had family live on Angel Island, you know, work on Marin ship and all around Sausalito, but it's only recently that I have been living in Sausalito part of every week. And as somebody who's lived in Marin my entire life, I didn't realize how rich Sausalito is in wildlife. Oh my gosh. I thought Tara Linda had a lot of birds and wonderful animals, but spending time in Sausalito these last couple of months, I've realized the richness of wildlife, the quail, the hawks, uh, fox, everything you, you all already know, but you can imagine how disruptive these gas leaf blowers are to us, but also to the wildlife nesting birds. I mean, it's got to take its toll. You have to know that. And so I just, so many good points have been made about the pollution, about climate change, um, about noise, but I want to speak on behalf of the wildlife too, to think about how we're doing this to blow a couple of leaves in the street and and what we're doing to especially migrating species as you know Sausalito is very precious Hawk Hill and all of that it's actually a really unique place um, and an important place for wildlife to make it on their way to somewhere else or just as a place to live so um I guess I just hope you know Sausalito lead the way with the other communities and ban the um gas blowers and I'm sorry to say but I'd be okay with banning all blowers just because I I hate the noise. I live in Terralinda and Thursday they blow over here and, you know, Friday, they blow over behind me and, you know, Sunday they blow over on the other side. And I, 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 I just can't stand it. So, um, anyway, I hope, I hope that you, uh, set the pace and I hope San Rafael and Terralinda follows you. So just wanted to thank you.
1: Thank you, Lorette. I don't see any other hands raised. I just want to thank everyone again for your time and your passion on the topic. Um, it's really great to to see all of this turn out and to hear your thoughts and and put some faces to the names. Um, so I, I I've been taking notes. I mean, I think there were a lot of other bullet points that we probably just added that would require multiple slides um, to even put down. I think. Um, you know, my opinion here is that I feel uh, that I think you who who was that you, David, that was commenting that the the 2018 you yeah. re- game has sort of changed now. Yeah, um, and and, the-
2: and kudos to Greg for bringing you know that up that we've had these electric appliances for. Quite some time. And I use the phrase appliance because, you know, they're equipment, whatever. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about a, an appliance in your house, but they are sort of implements or appliances. And the technology has come so far, and yeah. the efficiencies around them is so, so terrific. And when you compare them to a, um, you know, a $5 a gallon fuel, but let's also not forget that many of these this many of these um, sort of equipment blowers run on two stroke and they have an oil requirement in addition to the fuel requirement. So you know the price per gallon is, is rather extraordinary. And yeah. of course with, with um electric charging it's de minimis compared to that.
1: Yeah I found that statistic uh, from Clint I think it was pretty pretty wild the the and and what what i was hearing in 2018 was about how this would equate to landscapers not being having to raise their prices so much i just think that it does sound like we are past that my recommendation is for us to move forward with bringing this to city council so i'll ask for everyone else's comments or ask someone to just go straight to move
2: I will move to bring this to city council and, and start the process around that particular recommendation. we
5: have a second?
2: Second.
1: Oh. I think we have a third and a fourth too. So let's take this <laughs> to council and hope all of you on the phone are happy you took the time to come and support this initiative tonight. Um, we'll get it through for you, um, uh, or at least we'll, we'll, we'll get it in the door for you. Um, and um, and you may get if we're preparing documentations, you might get an email from me asking for some of those good statistics you brought up. So appreciate it, thank you. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, the next, which is our city council presentation. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if um, if you all had the opportunity. To to join, I know Greg was there. I know Mark was there. Um, uh, so you know, I, we don't have to rehash the whole thing. What what um, what I would love to do is is actually talk about. Um, I I just wanted to comment on a couple of the comments made by the public. Unfortunately, the way the format is is that you know the presentation happens, the council discusses. Then it goes to public comment, but the presenters can't say anything after. And I just wanted to comment on a couple of those public comments. Um, but but in in general, the presentation, which was an introduction and and slides, you know, really you know put together um, beautifully by Greg and Mark, um, and um, you know, just really highlighting the expertise of the commission and and why you know, we feel confident with the, the work we're doing. Um, I think and hope it went well and that the, the community and the city council was was pleased. Um, did, did you all want to comment on, on the presentation itself or, or just go into the, the comments, the public comments?
8: Uh, Lauren, before I comment on that, on the previous item, uh, we had a, a motion and a second. Do we need to vote on that? I know that everybody's innocent. Oh, but.
1: you know, I was so excited. I didn't even take, we didn't even take a vote. Thanks, Mark.
8: Yeah, I'll happily call the roll on this.
0: Um, Commissioner Palmer? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Cooper? Aye. Vice Chair Thompson? Aye. Chair Wiley? Aye. All right, for ayes, yeah, uh, motion carries.
8: Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Mark. So you're welcome. Uh, so my comments on on the uh, city council presentation, I I, I wanted to uh, publicly state that uh, I thought that Lauren and Greg did a really great job. And uh, uh, what what I saw, um, even perhaps more importantly than our our the the content of the programs we are working on, is that it looks like we're making some progress on getting some, a staff position uh, in in place. And and I I was really gratified to see that uh, at least several members of the council seemed uh, supportive of that. And, you know, obviously funding has to be identified and, and uh, 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 other considerations, but at least they're, I think, asking for uh, job descriptions and, Wanting to, to at least start scratching the surface on that, and then the other thing is the the um, emergency resolution, the climate resolution. I think that that's was was uh, well supported by by council, and I think that it would probably uh, be pretty straightforward to get that sailed through. So um, thank you to both of you. I think that we did really make some progress there, and and uh, uh, uh on our EV readiness and uh, building electrification. Uh, we didn't really get into a lot of detail there, but it seemed like we had uh, tacit support for, for, for moving ahead on those initiatives. So uh, thank you again.
1: Well, oh, thank you for helping to contribute and David too, to, just to the content in the, in the subcommittee data. Um, anyone have comments on the presentation itself? David, I'm not sure if you were there and saw it or if you've seen the final version of it, but um, I think, you know, we've all, we don't need to, you know, go through it unless anyone has a request and wants
0: us to. No, okay. Um, um, yep. Chair, I, I had a suggestion that I, it seems that the, um, City Council wanted to kind of characterize what these roles, the sustainability manager position looks like in other um, in other jurisdictions. And I thought it might be useful to kind of create a survey to see, you know, how much, what the role, uh, how, how you characterize the role, what department it's under, how many, you know, what FTE, is it a full-time position or is it a half-time position? Is this a management position? You know, is it in planning? Is it in public works? Um, and what kind of projects uh, and responsibilities that these roles have? I see, it seemed like um, um, uh, Vice Mayor Kellman uh, wanted to know the specifics of what that entailed. And I'm not sure if that would not be a useful project, um, either for staff or one of the commissioners to kind of put that together.
1: I mean, I think it's a great idea because it would augment the, the job descriptions that you can pull online. In fact, I think, was it Mark you sent around one that, that you had found today, perhaps, or yesterday? Um, I mean, we can get things online, but when it comes down to really what people are doing, that survey probably would yield a lot of good good info. So I think that's a good idea.
0: see what I can do about getting, um, getting that up and running.
1: Okay. Um, as far as the comments, I just wanted to, to call out a, a couple because I thought they were interesting. And had I t- had a chance to come and I would have one person said, uh, called out consumption. Uh, and I think that always needs to be we know that we talk about that regularly but i think we continue to need to talk about this uh we can reduce all day long but uh the fact is there's a consumption problem in the world um that's that's sort of the the problem here um and we need to continue to uh, put forward that message of reducing consumption not just reducing emissions um It's, it's very easy for people to point fingers at, you know, cities or corporations or whatever about what they're doing, but what do they have in their hands? What are they driving? What are they using to clean their yard? What are they using to, you know, clean their, their, their sink? Um, so I think there's a lot of work on consumption, uh, and this person raised this, I believe with, with just commenting about, um. I think, just in general to the presentation, but I just wanted to vocalize that that that's we should be continuing to talk about that when we're when we're talking about our topics and um, not just about our emissions reduction. Um, the other thing uh, that I really wanted to call out was the equity piece. What I noticed unfortunately during the meeting when uh, the members of the public were talking about considering equity when we're talking about things like gas bans. Most of the comment was about a potential natural gas ban. And um, there were some people that were warning us to be very cautious about that. And then there were some that were concerned about um, equity and, and you know, concerns, which which made me remember the comments that I was making based on the research I did with um, the Green Institute when we were first talking about this and just making sure that you engage uh, a full uh, set of members of the public, um, low-income communities could be adversely affected, all those things we need to consider. So that was brought up and it and I realized that we didn't have in the slide, Greg, that, that talked about our, our subcommittees with water liaisons, we didn't have equity li- liaison on there for some reason. It's just a typo, I okay. think.
5: Okay, yeah.
1: So, um, you know, whether anyone would have picked that up or not, um, what I would have said had I been able to talk is we actually have, for that reason, we actually have a liaison um, element that we go over every single week to make sure with whatever we're doing, did we keep equity in mind? And I would say, you know, when we put together that recommendation for city council for the ban on leaf blowers, we need to have that piece in there to say, you know what we've talked about. Some of the points we've talked up today. Um, just to be be conscious of that, and think about the members of the public that might be at that city council meeting, hearing that, have we put that lens on? So those were the only two comments about the public comment that I wanted to make. Anyone else have any comments um, about that presentation?
8: Uh, Lauren, I. I... I did want to make one comment based on your comment just a minute ago about reducing consumption. And it comes to mind that the uh, the climate um, inventory that is provided to us by MCEP uh, it is, does not include uh, consumption-based uh, climate impacts. It's basically operational, so it's, you know, vehicle miles traveled and utility consumption, but it does not include uh, the the materials that we consume and, and the, the, the mining and the manufacturing and the transportation of, of those to, to Sausalito. And you know, there are some communities that have taken that extra step to try to uh, uh, itemize and, and delineate the, those consumption-based climate impacts, but In Marin County, uh, the the inventories that were supplied with uh, and and contribute to uh, do not include uh, consumption-based climate impacts.
5: Right. Yeah. And it's very
1: difficult to do. Even if there was intent there, it's just very difficult. And then you get into the, well, okay, we've had to hire X many people to come up with our... can we just maybe direct those resources to getting some of this stuff done? I mean, that's, that's sort of the constant weighing of where you prioritize. Um, but yeah, I, I wish we could see all of that so we would have some sort of metric to guide ourselves. But in lieu of, um, I guess it's just about, it's kind of about outreach again, right? And promoting different behaviors. And, and I think even when you go back to the leaf blower topic, Mark, you sent around a list of blowers um, on the market today. Greg, you're using one. You know, I think it's that w- awareness, right? That you know, it's very daunting to think of behavior change when you're okay, what do I start Googling what I use now? I don't know. But to get testimony from someone like Greg Christie who has been using something for so long and substitute leaf blower for car or for whatever, that testimony, that community outreach, those that storytelling, Mark, you were, you were sharing that with electric stoves the other day, you know, that testimony needs to be there so that others aren't fearful of, of change. I'm never going to be able to cook my dinner on this stove, or I'm never going to be able to, you know, I'm going to run out of a charge before I get here, or I'm never going to be able to blow a leaf if I don't use gas. It's, it's sometimes you just need to hear a story from a trusted source. So I don't know how we solve that problem, but I think you know, as we come together with a community, you know, with a feeling of um, unity on things and positive approaches to things rather than um, just sort of pointing fingers, I think um, maybe we can have a success there going there together. All right, well, any other comments on the city council presentation. Okay. Um, Elena, can you please invite any members of the public who would like to make comments?
0: Yes, if there are any members of the public who would like to make a comment at this time on this uh, section of the agenda, please use the raise hand feature in your zoom application. I see no raised hands at this time
1: okay let's move on to our final agenda item which is future agenda items um i'll start um on my list i have um i've lost my place oh okay so we have Greg. you've got mce coming up maybe yeah
5: january
1: January. (laughs) (laughs) january okay this time, that's a yes, for sure, in January. We'll, we'll, we've got them as guest speaker in terms of business items. We have, um, you know, pretty significant one, Elena. I think our first big update on waste um, within Solutions, perhaps, um, you know, looking at getting into the outreach element, we'll have just rolled into the first piece of it, really. So I think that's a really important one. Um, And then Mark, you wanted to uh, bring the the natural gas topic up again, and, and it would be great if we could just get a sense of what you and Greg are advising on, you know, we've said we're deferring to the county to lead and we presented the timeline the other day. What is the, what's the next step for, for us to understand rather than before we were reviewing an ordinance potentially to take to them. Now that we're in a different game where we're, okay, are we advising who and what do we need to do? That would just be the conversation I'd love to have. Um, Those were my notes. Um, Oh, climate emergency resolution. We need to do that. And then that on there to say here it is and we're sending it to council for consent. Items, so I I don't see any reason why we don't do that in January. Pretty easy to pull down. There's plenty of plenty of towns that we can model it after. So um, that could be something that we run through one of the the subcommittees. I mean, Greg, you and I can talk about that. Um, and then um, yeah, those are the four that I think I had for business items. Anyone else have future agenda items to raise?
0: I have a maybe a announcement to make on behalf of um, Commissioner Lee. Um, she is planning on submitting um, a, a, a resignation letter to the commission. Um, as soon as we have that, we will be submitting it up to the city council, um, and that can that can be formalized, and um, the city council can pursue a vacancy filling that vacancy. Um, but I don't know if that is um, worthy of the agenda for next time, but I wanted to let you all be aware of that, that I'll probably put it somewhere on the agenda just so that it can be uh, read into the record.
1: Thank you. We're going to miss her. Uh, Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Well, I think for the first time since I've been chair, you guys are actually gonna get time back. So there you go. Uh, happy holidays. Um, I The time is 7.39 and we're gonna adjourn the meeting. So the next meeting will be January 13th at 6 p.m. This concludes the meeting. Thank you, fellow commissioners.
5: Thank you, Elena. And thank you, members of the public. I kinda,